well-known story. It has been part of the Epiphany celebration from the very beginning. We know the story, but we don't know reality. We have three wise men in our nativity scenes, but scripture does not give us a number. The wise men were called magi, from which we get the words magic and magician, but we don't know much about them. The word epiphany means manifestation or shining forth, and the season of epiphany includes the next couple of Sundays and deals with the first revealing of Jesus in his glory in this world. It deals with the visit of the Magi, Jesus' baptism, and it concludes with Transfiguration Sunday. In Epiphany, he celebrates the fulfillment of Emmanuel, meaning God with us. The Magi were scholars, men whose life's work was learning the arcane mysteries of the world. We know that they came from the East, possibly Mesopotamia or Persia. Mesopotamia means the land between two rivers. In this case, the rivers are the Tigris and the Euphrates in today's Iraq. In the ancient times, this area was known as Babylon, Chaldea, and by other names. As we know from the Old Testament, the Israelites were kept captive there in Babylon for 70 years, which is next door, the next door was Persia, now known as Iran. We know that the Magi followed a star. They appear to have known the Jewish scriptures. They must have known the prophecy from the book of Numbers. And just a quick reminder for those who have forgotten what that book is, Numbers is the fourth book in the Jewish Torah, or the five books of Moses, where God asks for a census of the Jewish people before taking possession of the promised land. The prophecy reads like this, and it is in chapter 24, verse 17. And I read, I see him, but not now. I behold him, but not near. A star shall come out of Jacob, a scepter shall rise out of Israel, it shall crush the forehead of Moab and break down all the sons of Sheth. We can guess that they knew about the prophecy because when they saw the star in the sky, they interpreted it to mean the birth of a king. We can also be sure that they knew that Jesus was to be more than a king, but also the Messiah by the gifts they brought. They brought gold, riches, fit for a king. They brought frankincense, an incense used in worship. They brought myrrh, an embalming spice. And they journeyed hundreds of miles in faith. They did not know what they would find. They expected him in a palace, but didn't find him there. They must have been confused by King Herod's reaction but it is not mentioned. They must also have been puzzled to have found this great king in the humble company of a poor carpenter and his wife. If they were, they didn't say so. They have been led by faith in what God's word has spoken, and they let nothing stand in their way. When they found the child, they worshipped, 
They expressed their faith with their gifts, and they left rejoicing after being warned by God in a dream not to go back to King Herod. Now, what did the wise men have that we don't have? Well, they had the Word of God in the Old Testament. They were not Jewish, but they understood. The Magi were not any different from us, nor did they have anything we do not have. They knew the Word of God, and by knowing it, they believed. When they saw the sign, they followed it. The distance would not stop them, nor the unbelief or hostility of Herod. Nor did they let the poverty and humility of Jesus' surroundings confuse them. They read the Word, they followed the Word, and they believed the Word. And as a result, they met the Savior. Theirs was a journey of faith. Like the Magi, we are on a journey of faith. Everything that we know about Jesus, all that we believe about salvation, we learned it from the Bible. We believe by the same power of the Holy Spirit, working through the Word of God, as did the Magi. We, all of us, are on a journey of faith. We're sitting on what I like to call the Gospel Wagon, and as sinners, we often fall off the proverbial wagon. That raises the question, what do we do to stay on the wagon? Well, if, if we fall off, do we climb back onto it? Or turn back because we saw a shinier star or an object somewhere else? I found this quote by Martin Luther, and I'd like to read it to you. He issued a warning to the Wittenberg Town Council members with these words, and he said, you should know that God's word and grace is like a passing shower of rain, which does not return where it has once been. It has been with the Jews, but when it's gone, it's gone, and now they have nothing. Paul brought it to the Greek, but again, when it's gone, it's gone, and now they have the Turk. Rome and the Latins also had it, but when it is gone, it's gone, and now they have the Pope. And you Germans need not think that you will have it forever. Seize it and hold it fast. Whoever can, for lazy hands are bound to have a lead here. Luther's words were sadly prophetic. The churches of Germany, or for that matter Switzerland, are now more likely to be a tourist attraction, or have been turned into worship centers for any faith group. Martin Luther's words were a warning to us. If we don't hunger for God's gifts, we may take them, he may take them, he may take them from us, and give them to others who appreciate them. Look at today's reading. The high priests and scribes could not be bothered to travel a few miles down the road. The Magi, on the other hand, were willing to follow a star to a foreign land. The Magi showed, that, showed us that even the most ordinary Christian will hunger for the divine truth and assurance that can only be found in the Word of God. The temple authorities had the Word of God, the Torah, right there in their hands, but they didn't believe it. There's nothing new under the sun. The devil still likes to get into the act and fabricate a false Christ for us. A Christ that is more to our liking than the one in the Bible. We are being told that all religions lead to the same God, that they all provide salvation in the same way. But then, a 
And Jesus tells us that he's the only way. Instead of getting upset with the world for lying to us, we get angry at Jesus for being too narrow-minded. And very often we join a church or a religious organization that suits our belief system. The account of the Magi and the birth narrative, as told in the book of Luke, teach us a couple of things. First, Jesus did not come in the wealth, splendor, and royalty of Jerusalem. Instead, we learn that Jesus came in the humility of Bethlehem. In comparison to Jerusalem, Bethlehem is a cowshed. Jesus came not to lord over us, but to serve us. He came not to demand sacrifices from us, but to make the ultimate sacrifice for us. If we would like to know the true God, we must start in Bethlehem, learn about the child born of the Virgin Mary. He is true man. He is born with a mission. He is to be a ruler who is to save his people from their sins. As we learn about this child in the manger, the light will dawn. We can learn from the chief priests and scribes' behavior. They were arrogant, enough to believe they already knew everything that God's word had to teach them. The likes of them are still with us today. How many people claim to be Christian, but they have never read the Bible from the beginning to the end, nor some of them have not even opened the Bible in a decade? We need to confess Christ, as the Magi did, but not in the way they did. We must confess him by our words and deeds. They confessed by their gifts. And we can confess Christ by what we will give to him and for him, and how we treat our neighbors. We can celebrate and rejoice with the wise men, with the wise men in Emmanuel, God among us, as a man in human form for our redemption. Now there's one more important lesson for us. The Magi were the first among the Gentiles to find and worship Christ, but were not the last. Since their time, there has been an endless procession of men, women, and children from all over the world who have come to know the love and the saving power of Christ. By God's grace, we, Christians of this century too, have been drawn into that procession. Now we should share the good news with others so that they also may find Christ, see his glory, know his love and saving power, and join the company of those who worship and serve him. The gospel we have is the gospel for the whole world and for every man, woman, and child. It is the gospel of a God whose love embraces all mankind and a Savior who died for all. It is the gospel that leaps across barriers of race, nation, language, culture, and rank. It is a gospel that is meant to bring all mankind to the feet of Jesus, who, come, who came to save us all. And so, my last word would be, share that gospel with others. Bring them to church, because right here tonight we enjoy the gift of the sacrament. It nourishes our faith in Christ, through preaching and administering of the sacraments, the Holy Spirit comes into our lives and hearts. We pray that God may guide us by the star of his holy word 
to receive the blessings that strengthen us in both body and soul unto life everlasting. In Jesus' name, Amen. The peace of God which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus.